Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. I don't know if you can see me at home, but for those of you that can see me here, I'm relatively pregnant, just in case you didn't know. So there's two things that might happen. Um, one is that I am probably going to get out of breath as I speak. And the other thing is that I might need to sit down. So if any of those happen, just ignore me and I'll just carry on and I'll just sort myself out. But the getting out of breath is probably going to happen. Well, uh, yesterday... Mike and I, uh, and Ivy, went to Ikea, and uh, if you know me, you know that I love Ikea. Um, But what do you get when you're there? Well, you get flat pack furniture. Woohoo! Don't we all know the struggle of putting up that flat pack furniture? You start off with all the bits laid out. I don't know if you're like me, but I like to like separate all the bits. And you start off with this optimism. Actually, to be honest, optimism is an understatement. You start off and you're like, we can do this. I will not be defeated by the IKEA furniture. They all might be, but we will not be. And every single time, the moment of despair comes. Where is the thingy that is meant to go in the bob? And that's meant to connect to the tubey thing? Oh, why won't you go on? Why is this so difficult? And then the moment of joy comes, the light at the end of the tunnel. You look at the instructions, there's only two sections left to go. This goes with that, and then we are done. And then you realize you've missed two pages and the whole thing is actually wrong, the wrong way round, and you've got to start basically all over again. When we walk around Ikea and we look at the furniture, we have hope, don't we? We're like, that is a great piece of furniture. It's gonna look great in my house. I'm gonna put it up and it's gonna be wonderful. And because of that, because of this hope of having something nice in our house, a great storage solution, we buy it. If we didn't have hope, we wouldn't buy it in the first place. Now, this is just a silly example of hope, but hope is so important, isn't it? And the book of Ruth starts with utter hopelessness at the forefront. Naomi has lost her husband. She's lost her two sons and is left in a foreign land with two daughters-in-law who have also lost everything. There's heartbreak and sadness and seeming lack of hope. And it makes you think, Can it actually get worse? I so hope it gets better. But wonderfully, this is just the beginning of the story. And chapter three is a turnaround for all of these characters. Hope is written throughout the book of Ruth. In scripture, hope is an indication of certainty. It's not just a flippant remark. It means a strong and confident expectation. Hope is a cord of rooted expectation, a focus in the midst of a storm, a direction of travel. And for our characters, 
chapter three presents hope as tangible realities, changes in their stories and trajectories that bring redemption, security and companionship. And this strong and confident expectation is so important in our lives. As we've walked these last about 18 months with COVID, the lockdowns, the social distancing, the not being able to see loved ones and much more, the things that have constantly changed, that hope has been really hard to hold on to. I don't know about you, but I've actually had to ask myself, what is my hope ultimately in? What is that strong and confident expectation in? In this book of Ruth, we see people's lives are hugely impacted as God brings hope and redemption to them through this woman from the margins. Isn't this awesome? You see here, we see here, Ruth is the ultimate instrument of hope. Not only seeing her life transformed and redeemed, grafted into the family of God, but through her, Naomi experiences redemption and hope, and also Boaz. Ruth, though a Moabite woman, an outsider, cleaves herself to God. She sticks herself to God. And he provides through seemingly normal life events, moments of utter redemption and wonderful hope, ultimately leading to her birthing a a child in the line of David, leading all the way down to Jesus himself. Isn't that beautiful? It's quite something. Christopher Ashe, a pastor and uh, author, writes, There is more to this story than meets the eye. As a diamond gathers and concentrates light from all directions into an intense and radiant beauty, so Ruth displays the wonder of Christ and shines with his beauty. Here the good news of Jesus will be told in terms of emptiness and fullness, famine and plenty, sadness and joy, death and life, bitterness and hope. The book of Ruth and the woman Ruth display God and his plan of redemption and hope through um, hope, although he is seldom actually mentioned by the narrator. This is a book and a chapter where hope and redemption are at the forefront through a courageous woman from the margins who God grasps into the redemption, restoration and hope-filled lineage of Christ. And this is what I want to take the next little bit of time delving into. How does hope impact Ruth, Boaz and Naomi through chapter three? And how do we see God moving even in very normal moments? Well, first and foremost, what do we see of hope on display through chapter three for the woman Ruth? For Ruth, I think there are two things that change for her. I think, great. There is a transition from loss to gain. And secondly, it's her confidence as she asks Boaz to marry her and be her kinsman redeemer, her guardian redeemer. So first, the the transition from loss to gain. This chapter brings hope quite literally through changing her prospects. You see, Ruth has come with Naomi to Bethlehem as an outsider, a Moabite to the Jewish land, to Israel and is a widow. She's in a foreign land, away from customs she knows, and she has to go out and glean in the fields and bring in food for her and her mother-in-law. Not only that, she's been wearing her mourning clothes, so she, not the mourning, she's been wearing mourning clothes because she's lost her husband. 
Naomi refers to this. And she wears those, those dark clothes every day. And she's had to lean on the kindness of Boaz and the respect of his workers that they have for him as protection. But chapter three brings a renewed hope for her, a colourful life rather than these uh, clothes of mourning. <clears throat> so uh, verse three says, one day, uh, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi said to her, uh, sorry, chapter three says, my daughter, I must find a home for you where you'll be well provided for. Now Boaz, with whose woman you've worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfume and get dressed in your best clothes. Here Naomi says to Ruth, there is hope for you. Change from your black morning clothes and wash. Put on colour, put on perfume. Stuff is going to change. Naomi encourages Ruth that the time for mourning is over. It is time to step out of this season and step into this new hope-filled one. According to Jewish tradition, Ruth and Naomi would have outwardly shown that they're mourning through their dress and the way that they acted. Naomi encourages Ruth that now um, is the point of stepping out of that season of mourning and into a new hope-filled one. Where, one where she can hope to have a home and to be provided for. And what is really beautiful in this is that how Naomi, although dealing with her own grief, is able to hope for and with Ruth. You see, Ruth is an instrument of hope and redemption in Naomi's heart, lifting them from their own sadness to have a strong and confident expectation of fullness of life for Ruth. Hope literally transforms the way that Ruth looks and dresses. What we see here um, is a posture change. It's an internal thing that externally is shown. She's gone from grief, mourning and looking back um, to looking forward and looking up. These are outward signs of what is inwardly happening. When we lift our eyes to God, his possibilities, his character and love, outwardly, this changes the way that we express ourselves also. Although unknowns ahead, we can lift up our heads, dress in colour and walk with purpose. I don't know if that happened to you when you had your eyes lifted up during the pandemic. Maybe you felt hopeless and then maybe not, then you felt hopeful and it changed the way you held yourself. And this brings me nicely to the second way I think hope impacts Ruth. You see, Ruth goes to the threshing floor and does as Naomi instructs her, but she also does much more. You see, with this new hope-filled heart, this colour, this, this new season, we see her words and actions have strong and confident expectation. Let me read this section to you. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned and there was a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? He asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. You see, Ruth, sorry, you see, Naomi told Ruth, go and uncover his feet and lie down and he will tell you what to do. But instead, Ruth goes lies at Boaz's feet and when he wakes she tells him what to do it's different isn't it do you see in this Ruth is going to him and she's saying right Boaz 
Cover me with the garment, with your garment or your blanket. Protect me. I want you to marry me and look after me as your wife. It's quite like unashamed, isn't it? There's confidence there. Stretch your protection over me. Marry me. And secondly, Ruth is very clear in specifying why she's asking this. You, Boaz, are my guardian redeemer. You are the one God has ordained to redeem the line of the, the family. Ruth is unashamedly clear. Marry me and provide Naomi and I with the redeemed child of the line of Elimech. Do you see how Ruth's hope, her strong and confident expectation, has enabled her to be bold and clear and unashamedly unashamed in asking for what she needs? I think hope does this to us as we see who God is, as we see who God says we are, and we trust in his plans, his leading, his guiding and his timing. It gives us confidence to stand tall and ask for what is rightfully ours. And I'm, I'm not talking about things that will fail us, but in this instance, Ruth is asking for marriage, which for her was protection and provision and a child for a family line. When we know whose we are and who we are, we can stand tall, trusting in the hope to come and the one who looks out for us as we walk each season. It transforms Ruth. Now, Boaz, hope for Boaz, how does this fit in? Because he doesn't enter into this story, does he, uh, in the same place as Naomi and Ruth. And yet I think we can see how hope in God impacts his life and the way he welcomes her. Verse 10 says, The Lord bless you, my daughter. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. And in verse 15, he says, bring me the shawl you're wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. Then he went back to her town. Uh, When I was at uni and all through my teens, I used to wear really baggy clothes all the time. Um, I chose actually deliberately to wear very baggy clothes. And it was mostly because I was struggling with my self-esteem, the way I looked, and I was struggling with eating. I was actually very small, but people didn't really know it because I was uh, wearing baggy clothes. And in all honesty, as I look back at photos of me when I was like 18, it just makes me really sad because I see those photos and I see a beautiful young girl, but I know, sorry, (laughs) I'm getting emotional. I know that all I was thinking at that time is I'm disgusting. I'm rubbish, I'm ugly, I'm worth nothing. Because as messy as my outside looked in these baggy clothes, let me tell you, I had a horrible fashion sense. (laughs) The inside is almost so, so much worse, isn't it? Where was I putting in my hope? Where was I putting my hope and trust? Well, it definitely wasn't in God. See, I wasn't walking as Ruth does in the way I treated myself and the way I treated others. But what we see in in Ruth is something really beautiful here, and it's something that I long to see in myself, and I'll come to that in a minute. But Boaz sees in Ruth 
that she is a woman of noble character, a woman has looked up, who has looked after her dead husband's mother. She's, she's left her birthland and come to the land of Israelites. She's worked hard, gleaning from the fields, and has shown herself to be a noble woman in the way that she deals with herself and others. Here, where Boaz calls her a noble woman, he uses the language of Proverbs 31 and the woman that's described there. It's not, he doesn't quote from it, but he uses the same language that is used in Proverbs 31. He knows in Ruth he has found himself a woman of hope. And there is something about this hope, this noble character, that shines of God's character. Hope in this chapter for Boaz looks like a woman who reflects her creator's image, a companion who is of noble character, as Proverbs 31 puts it. A woman of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies. In Ruth, there's a real challenge. Who will we be? Will you, will I, be a person who is filled with hope and acts nobly? What does that mean in my life and in your life? What does it mean to be a disciple like Ruth, the Proverbs 31 woman? And I'm talking to the men here as well as the girls. I mean, there's a whole other sermon in there, isn't there? Let's be honest. But it doesn't look like beating yourself up like I was. It doesn't look like getting stuck in one season. It doesn't look like being lazy or living in mourning clothes, like looking in fear anxiety, living in fear, anxiety or self-loathing instead of hope. What we see in Ruth that it does look like is sticking yourself to God, trusting his truth, his promises, his character, his timings. It does look like laying yourself down so that others might be fed, but not laying down so they walk all over you. No, Ruth is not someone you walk over. She's strong, clear and hope-filled but she's also kind and humble. Who will you be? Who will you choose? What will you choose? Both Boaz and Ruth are characters defined by hope and noble actions. And Boaz, I think this is where hope for him is so beautifully shown. He knows he's found a flawed, yes, she's human, but noble woman to be his wife. Boaz is given the hope in this chapter of a wife, children, and a lineage himself even though he states himself he is older than a lot of the other men. Ruth is a woman who has chosen not the easy path, but the path of trust and hope. Ultimately, she has chosen God. And as I've walked with God through through uni and over the last 10 years, there have been huge lessons in my worth. My God-given power to make choices and live with the consequences, my identity, and most of all, my God his grace, his goodness, his peace, and the deep trust I can have in him as I look and I hope. I'm such a work in progress, as we all are, but I think 21-year-old me or 18-year-old one me, 18-year-old me, would be astonished and I hope delighted as she looks at where my heart is now and the way that that comes out in my life. See, Boaz doesn't enter the story in the same hopelessness as Ruth and Naomi, but he does know he has been found with this noble, he has been found blessed with this noble woman. And what does he do? This noble man acts in such generosity and tenderness, sharing his heart, sharing his grain and providing and stepping up, making sure he, he does right by this noble woman. Isn't that how 
we, we are when we receive something so wonderful, so good. He's not slow to act, but he recognises the opportunity to love and be loved by such a woman. And he doesn't mess around. He is given such beautiful hope of a companion in a wife, with a wife, uh, in a wife and children and more. And most of all, she is a woman who reflects the God who has given him everything. She is a woman of noble character. And as we walk our seasons with God, we have choices to make. Choices that impact those around us. Choices to choose God or not. Choices to choose hope and gratefulness or not. Sometimes we make those choices that bring us to places. Sometimes people. Sometimes new seasons altogether. Ruth is an instrument of hope in Boaz's life as God also brings him into the plan of redemption and lineage of Christ and points him to himself, points Boaz to God himself. Through both choosing God in their choices, they choose each other and through this become grafted into the great, God's great plan of rescuing his people. It's, be, it's so beautiful. And lastly, hope for Naomi. Well, Naomi's life is altered completely in this chapter and given hope in the most beautiful way. You see, as Naomi, um, as she returned, Naomi said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Ma Naomi, Mara, sees herself as empty, but God uses Ruth as an instrument of redemption and hope in the most beautiful way. The line of Elimech will continue, through his, this first child, she will receive redemption and she'll ultimately be looked after by Boaz, Ruth and the little one. She didn't come back empty. She came back with the instrument of God's hope and redemption in her life. Naomi has returned home to empty and yet through this Moabite woman, God has wholly redeemed her, bringing her into safety, protection and care for the rest of her days. God has brought beautiful and glorious hope and redemption through Ruth. And we know the rest of the story is full of wonder as these plans, all these different relationships and plans fall into place. And Naomi's situation is turned 180 degrees and she ends up with a baby in her arms. She's no longer Mara, bitter, but Naomi again. After looking desperate, hope is on the table. Hope of restoration, redemption, love a continuation of family lines, and ultimately of the rescuer to come, Jesus. Ruth is transformed by hope, and through this, her, Boaz, and Naomi's lives are transformed. Ruth and Boaz's baby is in the lineage of David, and therefore in the lineage of Christ. This foreigner from the margins, this outsider and widow, not only has a whole book about her in the Bible, but she is in the lineage of Christ. God's rescuer king comes through her. Today we might feel outside. We might feel awful. We might feel on the margins. But God invites us in today to trust him, to hope in him, to be unashamed and to know who we are and whose we are. And not only that, we see in Ruth that God takes those on the margins, you and I, as we were, fallen and broken, messy on the outside and brings us in. He ultimately did it through Christ on the cross, that baby that was born through the lineage 
of Ruth and Boaz. Isn't that beautiful? He uses us for his plans, in his plans, which gives us purpose. And so doing so, he transforms our lives, your lives, all of our lives with hope. Hope transforms. It transformed Ruth, Boaz and Naomi's lives. Hope redeems. It redeems us and hope provides. And as that famous verse goes, it does not put us to shame.